one of my goals for this year is putting together some amazing travel experiences for my friends and family. And I'm here to tell you all about Get Your Guide, a foolproof way to guarantee these amazing memories on a trip you will never forget. You can choose from over 100,000 travel experiences in the United States and around the world, all locally vetted and expertly curated. From the obvious tourist must-sees to under-the-radar gems you could only hear about from a local, there is something for everyone. It's time to let Get Your Guide do the work, so you can just sit back, relax, and have a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Want to take a New York City deli tour? How about a pasta-making class in Rome? A before-hours tour of the Vatican? Or a jazz music discovery tour in New Orleans? These are just a few of the things completely possible with Get Your Guide. No matter where your travels take you, Get Your Guide offers the best way to connect with your destination, with the expert help that makes it that much easier. You deserve it. Don't wait any longer. Take my advice and give yourself the gift of an unforgettable travel experience at getyourguide.com. Safe travels. Hiring is hard. Express employment professionals make it easy. Forget about posting jobs, sifting through resumes, being ghosted, and interviewing unqualified applicants. Visit expresspros.com to let the pros help you. Express Employment Professionals is your full-service workforce solution, connecting you with top talent fast. With more than 40 years in the staffing business, Express helps thousands of companies find great team players every year. And they can help you, too. Go to ExpressPros.com to find the location near you. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. have to thank you guys again i know i've already thanked you in person but i'm now going to thank you publicly for uh, tirelessly showing up uh, every semester to participate in um, a program that i do called young storytellers um you guys are so gracious with your time you come out and you act it's in so much fun. Screenplays. It is a blast. It yeah. really is a blast. Yeah. Yeah. I know. You guys do seem like is. you have a lot of fun when you do it. So I don't feel like I'm asking too much, but I, I it's a it's a long haul from your side of town to my side of town. So I really appreciate it. you guys are always uh, always there for me. Tell uh, everyone yes. what it is. It's so fun. Yeah, it's really it's a blast. So it's Young Storytellers is this incredible organization that started in L.A. I want to say 15 years ago, maybe more. Um, and it's 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 moved into other cities and stuff, but it's primarily based in Los Angeles and and. We bring in uh, screenwriters and actors and editors, just general movie people who know how to write or know how screenplays work. And we go to underserved schools in Los Angeles and um, work with fifth graders for a semester. And every fifth grader gets assigned to their own mentor, writer, um, teacher, mentor person. And um, they we teach these kids. We do a bunch of group exercises and then um, they get one on one time with their own mentor and their mentor transcribes whatever they want to write. They get to write a five-page movie script about anything. Um, and, you know, a, a lot of times we encourage them to express themselves and we run them through exercises about their communities and where they're from. Or, you know, we encourage them to just write about 
space exploration and weird aliens that they want to talk about or zombies. Vampires. Or Vampire. Vampire. Did, we yeah, did we the vampire, vampire one, which it's is great. so fun. So we just encourage them to express themselves and then we we just give them the space and, and the, the mentors have their own, you know, they bring their computer with final draft writing program on it and they write out the screenplay. Like literally the kids will be like, now this person says this and they type exactly what the kid wants and they work with them. And then, so at the end of uh, 10 weeks or eight weeks, actually, we have finished screenplays, like five page screenplays. And we do what's called the big show. We bring in actors, 10 professional actors. Uh, and, and then you, us. And, and me. Yeah. And then, then Danielle and I. <laughs> no, you guys are the best because they, a lot of the, I mean, actually now at Boy Meets World may have finally been aged out, but they oh, do recognize so you guys. Uh, but yeah, we try and get, you know, if I, if I know anybody from a show that they might know, you know, like my friend Allison Munn was on um, Ricky, Dicky, Nikki and Dawn. So I brought her on and they all were like immediately cast her and everything. But anyway, so the actors come and we have 10 actors and they um, they perform. I ask you guys as actors to audition for the kids, mm-hmm. which is my favorite part and probably your least favorite part. Oh, man. <laughs> you have so no pressure, right? I sat there the whole time like, I'm not going to get cast How in anything. How dare Mark go first? <laughs> yeah. How yeah. dare oh, he go first? We have the incredible Mark Gagliardi go first and he is just a genius of improv and performance and he's, he he's been something. a mentor with he you before. He didn't improv He wrote a poem. But he wrote a poem that, that that introduced different acting skills that he has like, here I can be a monkey and then he just like goes into full monkey performance for like uh. five minutes. It was insane. Yeah, so Mark Gagliardi sort of set the bar high but you basically think? we just asked the actors to come up and say like, you know, uh, here's who I am, here's my name and here's the types of roles I like to play and voices I can do and characters and then the kids get to look at their script and if they have like you know six characters in the script they decide which actors play which parts and um and it's hysterical it's so fun and then you guys basically just do a cold reading you get maybe five ten minutes with the script to look it over and be like what and then it becomes this madcap performance of the 10 scripts um we bring in the whole school so we have like an hour long with just the kids and the actors um hanging out and then yeah the the whole school comes their parents come and it becomes this, uh, you know, incredible way to empower their their writing because, you know, they, they come up and get everybody's autograph afterwards. They're, they're so, they're so, um, it's so empowering to see actors perform what they wrote. You know, it's like you guys yeah. kind of have to say whatever they put on the page. And, you know, for me, it's just so important. I, you know, I wrote my first play when I was in third grade and I was just oh, lucky enough to have a teacher who was like, writer, let's have the whole, let's put this on. And we did, like we made costumes and everybody in my class got cast and we put it on for the school and it changed my life. You know, what was, was it like, called? Yeah. What was it called? A fish story. <gasps> Tell Can us you about walk a fish us story? through a fish yeah, story? Yeah, so, so <laughs> a farmer and his daughter are fishing and mm-hmm. um, they catch a fish and it's the biggest fish they've ever caught. Um, it's human size. Oh. And they decide to bring this fish to the king uh, to show off like, look, we've caught this amazingly giant fish. And the king is incredibly mean to them and kicks them out and they don't know why. And there's the king's acting weird and they're like, oh, it's not the normal king. I forget exactly the plot point, but basically they know <laughs> something's up at the kingdom mm-hmm. uh, and they get kicked out of the castle. And while they're going back home with the fish, the fish starts talking to them. Wow. And the fish is there oh, no. to tell them that uh, there's a prophecy that, that the fish is fulfilling, that the king is not the real king. The real king has been hidden in a dungeon. And so they have to go on this quest. So they go on the big quest. And I, and I wrote 30 speaking parts. We had 30 kids in my class. So I had like, you know, they meet giant bugs. They, I don't know, whatever. But That's it was just so this cool. moment for me where I became a writer, you know, where it was yeah. like, oh, I knew that people would care about what I wrote and the kids would perform it. And I performed in it too. It was, you know, right when I was discovering acting in third grade. 
So this program, when I found out about it, I was like, I will do anything for this program. So I'm the head mentor. I brought it to a school in my neighborhood, um, I guess five or six years ago. And I'm just really involved with the organization. I love them so much. And I think what they do is so important. And I think, you know, I think every school should have some version of this, not, you know, it doesn't have to necessarily be screenplay writing. It could be playwriting or just writing in general. Um, yeah. You know, giving giving kids the, the tools to, or the trust in themselves to to believe that, you know, what they have to say about the world will matter. And, and like I said, a lot of them are pretty out there. I, it's always funny to me, like how many, how many kids write about food? Uh, <laughs> they love writing about food. Your they favorite writer, about, your favorite. Oh yeah. My favorite subject. No, they, they often, you know, there's, there's time travel stories. There's a lot of, you know, horror stuff with zombies and stuff. But then there have been times when like, you know, one girl one year just wrote about her walk home from school and like how scared she was to walk home from school because it was, yeah. you know, three blocks down in this neighborhood. And, and it was just this incredible. She wrote this five page movie about, you know, the fears and overcoming that. Um, oftentimes people write about sports. Uh, it's it's super fun. And of yeah, course, we don't allow violence and stuff. So we find very creative ways for like people to battle. Like there's always like a dance battle or <laughs> yeah. a rap battle or something fun going on like that. Yeah, it was really fun. And um, Will and I had a great time. We, we of course, carpooled there and then carpooled back. So yep. uh, it was it was really fun. We had a we had a good time. Thank you for always um, inviting us. Yeah. And then that night, Ryder had for all of the actors and mentors, he had a little um, wine and cheese gathering at his house and people <laughs> were invited to, you know, in, uh, encouraged to bring their kids. And so Jensen and I went and brought Adler and Adler had so much fun at <laughs> your house. He walked into Indy's room and it must have just been overwhelming. <laughs> My son's like, room is so messy, but I'm sure for, cool. you know, a kid, it's it's heavy. Oh, it's probably the oh, greatest yeah. thing in the world. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he absolutely loved and it. And he, he was all. so happy to be the older cool kid, you know? Oh, yeah, he really <laughs> he was. He was like, so cool. He was oh, like reading his this? book all chill while Adler's running around playing with all of his swords. And he's like, <laughs> go ahead, do whatever you want. <laughs> like, but but cool, but nice. Like, it was really fun. And it was funny because the whole way down there, Adler in the backseat was like, mommy, your friend's house is far. Mommy, <laughs> your friend is far. And I was like, I know, I know. But, you know, Aww. it's going to be worth it. And then the next day he was like, mommy let's go back to your friend's house. And I said, remember, you said it was really far. And he goes, not too far. I was like, right, now it's right. not too far because you know history how fun now. it is. Yep. <laughs> it's totally worth it, Mom. Exactly. Well, welcome to Pod Meets World. I'm Danielle Fischel. I'm Ryder Strong. And I'm Will Friedell. We have yet another very exciting guest. Our fans of the pod are going to absolutely lose their marbles. <laughs> one of our most requested. <laughs> I mean, easily uh, one of our most requested in the top two uh, most requested cast members of Boy Meets World. And that's really lucky for us because we love him and adore him. And I I have not seen him in, I don't even know how long. Since I guess. Girl Meets World. Girl yeah. Meets World. Yeah. Has it been so that long? I see yeah. Yeah. Tony and I see each other whenever we can. He's been one of my closest friends since he was on the show. So I saw him not long ago and then we were supposed to see each other in Chicago and he got sick. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, he's uh, Tony's my boy. I can't wait. I can't wait. Very well, excited. Well, let's please welcome to Pod Meets World, Tony Quinn. Tony! Hi! Hi How man. are you guys? Oh, <laughs> it's good. so good to see you. It's good to see you guys as well. Okay, now do you realize the last time we were all together was about six years ago, six and a half years ago? Yeah, that's, that's what, what we were just I talking about. Just we we're saying. like, oh, we haven't seen Tony since. Has yeah, Girl Meets crazy. World really been six and a half years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Can you believe that? 
Yeah, no. my son is now seven, and yeah. he was oh, only six months old back then. Yeah, he was born during the he was born during the, during the show. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. my god. So yeah, that's my... that's ridiculous. Time flies. Oh gosh. And so you're living? Are you living in Chicago now? Uh yeah, kind of close to that. Yeah. Wow! Unbelievable. Yeah, it, it's freezing here. <laughs> Isn't it great? Uh, like, Isn't it great? Real uh, weather? No, What's that like? Uh, yeah, weather. It's actually snowed. All right. Now, here's just an example, okay? It's in. It's only November, and I've seen more snow in the last month than I've seen 40 years in L.A. Yeah, of course. <laughs> right. <laughs> that makes sense. It snowed like six times already. Oh, my God. Wow. I'm so happy yeah. for you, Tony. Uh, oh, thanks. <laughs> so thanks. for those of you who don't know, which I'm sure you all know now, but Anthony Tony Quinn appeared in 51 episodes of Boy Meets World as Mr. Jonathan Turner. He was a very cool teacher at John Adams High School and one of the most beloved characters in our show's history. So take us back, Tony, to the very beginning. How did you hear about Boy Meets World and your audition and what, what, how did it all start for you? Okay. So I got, I got like long stories. If, if you want to do these long stories, my actual experience with Boy Meets World goes way back to the beginning. Uh, I first met Michael Jacobs on a pilot that he cast me in, in 93, I think. That's what mm-hmm. I thought. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was a pilot called Black Sheep, and it was me, uh, Jason Bateman, Willie Garson, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Whoa. and Jana Marie Hub. Yeah. Wow. Terrible so cast. So when we were, yeah, Jeez, it, yeah. When, we were, when we were working on this show, uh, we thought we had something really special. So, you know, Michael was sort of like running the thing, and uh, we had developed a really good working relationship and a good friendship. And one day, Willie... Uh, he and I were at the commissary at that time we were working over at Disney when Disney was just remember we had like five little stages over there mm-hmm. and he goes all right so I got the scoop and I go what's the scoop he says Michael's writing a new pilot as we're working on this one and I said okay no wonder he hasn't slept like he'd come to work and he hadn't slept in like two days and his clothes looked like he slept in them and all this stuff and he goes it's called the Ben Savage project <laughs> nice <laughs> And, and, and I go, I, I don't. And for some reason, I just didn't connect the Fred Savage with Ben Savage. I'd never heard the name before. So I said, ah, it doesn't doesn't matter what he's working on because this is this will be a hit for him. So we're happy with what we're doing. <laughs> Famous last words. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So, <laughs> Things you should uh, never say when working in television. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We're not going to hit any moment, traffic today. Yeah. yeah. Our ratings right. are going to be fine. <laughs> At that moment, I killed the show. <laughs> yeah, didn't exactly. <laughs> we didn't get picked up, but um, Michael, uh, like I said, we developed this great friendship, and Michael had called me. He goes, listen, I want you to come into my office. And I said, okay. So he goes, uh, I'm working on this new show. It's called The Ben Savage Project. I said, yeah, that's. I think that's the one Willie was telling me about. And he goes, I want you to read for the part of the dad. Oh, Sure. And he said, uh, my only problem is, he says, I think you're going to play too young. Right. He mm. said, but we're going to do it anyway. So David Trainer was there. Yeah. Uh, I think Arlene Grayson was there. You guys remember Arlene? Of course. Of course yeah. we do. Okay. Okay. So I read and they thought I was really great and funny and all that stuff. And they said, we want to bring you to network. He said, but I want you to sort of dress like age up. Dress oh, well. no. Put some great so I go, Right. Exactly. <laughs> so 
I do that and I go to ABC over at Avenue of the Stars and that's where I first met Ben because Ben was there at Network and I think at the time uh, Danielle are you and Ben the same age right or I think you're a year or two older than ben? I'm a little, I'm like a year older than Ben yeah so I guess okay so in 93 how old were you I was 13 I was so 12 Ben would have been 12 okay so Ben was 12 okay so that's when I first met Ben and he and I read together as the part of the dad and we wow. were very we did really great i mean we were it was a lot of fun and we did very very well but um oh afterwards you're Michael blowing all of our fans said, minds right now that yeah, there's a multiverse yeah. version of uh yes. you know mr turner as alan matthews yes but yeah you would have been too young because how old i feel like you because you came on and, and we even make the joke when you first appear in the show that you look like a student so yeah. I mean, you were yes. you just were way too young for the part. Yeah, I think one of your lines actually was yeah. to Ben was that you said, uh, "No, that guy he's he looks like he's thirty or something yeah. like that." Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. How, how old were you? How old were you? I was uh, at the time. I think I was thirty, thirty uh, one or two yeah. when I did when I my first episode of Boy. But yeah. what so, happened was uh, Michael had called me. After I didn't get the part of Alan, he called me the following season in 94, the beginning of 94. And like I said, he we had his great working relationship. And he goes, come on down. We'll go to lunch. I said, okay. So I come down. He's like, all right, so what are you doing? I go, I'm just trying to get work. I'm auditioning and doing all this stuff. And he's all right. So he goes, uh, you know, he goes, why don't you? He goes, I got this new character. We're trying to expand the universe of boy. And he goes, uh, maybe you should read for this. And I go, all right, what is it? And he says, it's a part of this hip teacher. His name's Mr. Turner. And I said, okay. And he goes, but the problem is, he goes, here's the problem. He goes, it's an, it's part of an ensemble cast. And I go, okay. Yeah. So, so, yeah. and he goes, but there's going to be sometimes when you don't have a whole lot to do. Yeah. And I was like, Michael, I don't care about that. I don't count lines or it doesn't matter to me. I said, I would love to work with you and whatever you got going. I said, it would be great. So he goes, all right, so let's just do it. We'll read and we'll see where we go. So then now here we are, we, uh, uh, 25 years later. But he wasn't actually gonna cast me in that because he said to me, he said, but you're like a lead actor though. He said, you were right. the lead in my pilot. And I go, right. I, 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 who cares? And then yeah. hadn't you in between done another show? When was, because weren't you on like the Gabby Hoffman show? Or? Yeah, what was that's, that one? That's right. That's you were exactly on what right. we at the time called Girl Meets World before Girl Meets World. <laughs> we did. We referred yeah. to it and said like, oh, they're doing Girl Meets World across the right. street from so us. So how many episodes that, of that, that did you? exactly right. We did uh, six episodes, I think. Wow. That's they funny that you guys remember that. Yes, they did. Okay, wow. They did, but that was one of those shows that, uh, when we were doing it, I think the pilot was good, but then all of a sudden, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever had this experience where I, I don't know what it is about actors, but they just, for me, I always felt like at some point they're going to discover that I'm a fraud and they're going to oh. fire me. Oh, sure. Imposter yeah. syndrome. Imposter okay. syndrome. Okay. Very, okay. very, right. yeah, very right. common exactly. thing. Yeah, very common thing. <laughs> Dustin Hoffman uh, has a great definition of actors. He says, we're all egomaniacs with inferiority complex. So yeah. true. So we, true. We realized, we found out on this show not long ago that when we were comparing actors to Danielle's son, Adler, they were very similar. And Adler is what, <laughs> yeah, two? Right. He's three yeah. and a half. He's three and a half. Yeah. yeah. So very, we were Complete like, oh, they're narcissists very similar. Needing <laughs> mommy all the time. Need so, mommy ever, yeah, 
please come and hold me until I find my yes. center and then I'll come out and perform. Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, when we were doing that show, uh, Bruce Helford was one of the creators, one of the writers of the show. So I was sitting in the makeup chair. Patty Heaton was played my wife. Oh, cool. And uh, it was probably the second episode in on the on the run of the series. And I was sitting in the makeup chair. Her and I were talking. And Bruce Helford comes in and he motions to Patty. And he goes, so she leaves. And I'm going, okay, Uh what's that about? You know? So she comes back and she looks a little upset. And I was going, okay, that must be some type of drama (laughs) that I don't want to be involved in. Right. So he looks at me and he does the same thing. And I'm like, ah, crap. (laughs) Did you know right then? No, I thought he's going to fire me. Right. I thought he's calling me over going, he just told Patty that they're going to d- replace me or something. Right. And now he's calling me out to tell me, Hey, you got you to leave. your walking papers. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so he comes, he co- we walk into a separate room and I'm looking at him like, oh, okay. And he goes, he looks at me and he sees this look on my face and he goes, Oh no, 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 you're fine. You're fine. And I go, okay. And he goes, I just want to let you know that I'm leaving the show. Oh, oh. And I was like, and I did that. And I went, uh, why? And he goes, well, it's a long story, creative differences, but I'm leaving the show. And then the show just became like this mess of. Yeah. That's when you know the ship is sinking. Yep. Exactly. (laughs) People start jumping and you're like, oh no. And it's episode two. Two. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's the worst feeling. Oh my God. Wasn't that also on the Disney lot? Weren't you like right across from us? Yeah, we were right across. That's what I thought. Okay. That's what I thought. It was, it was, you, you were doing that show. We were doing boy and then all American girl was right across from us. The Margaret Cho show was right there. Yes. And Um, Ellen, when, when we were, Ellen shot right across from us too, right? I think so. Yeah. There was, yeah. So it was that kind of, it was a cool kind of lot, but I remember we would distinctly call it girl meets world and we would joke around like gabby hoffman she'd walk out and be like oh she plays tori in this yeah, show yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, what was the name of that yeah. show what was it called uh it was called someone like me that's right oh, yeah. the like untitled me. gabby hoffman project it, it, yeah, exactly right right yeah it would no gabby savage Hi, I'm Danielle Fischel from Pod Meets World. Did you know small businesses make up 99.9% of all businesses in the U.S.? The world is powered by entrepreneurs. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. In every episode, host Austin Hankwitz and Janice Torres talk to entrepreneurs about how they've grown the lessons of launching and nurturing a small business and how they have found success being their own boss. From the excitement of first starting out to finding the right tools and resources to process invoices and payments like QuickBooks Money, you won't want to miss these inspiring stories of entrepreneurship and discovering ways to business differently so you can too. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out season two of Mind the Business, small business success stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. Did you know that not everyone has a podcast with their two childhood best friends where they can talk about their memories and relive them week after week? Huh. Are you sure? Yes. So they don't have a way to see themselves as teens on a streaming service with the ability to focus on their regrettable hairstyles and melodramatic auras? No. But... 
I have a solution. Tell me because I'm freaking out. Well, if our listeners have their own favorite memories that were caught on videotape or film reels, and now they have no way to watch it or share it with friends or post it on social media, we have your solution. Legacy Box. I used Legacy Box and it was so easy. Just threw some old VHS tapes into the box that they supplied. They digitized it. Next thing you know, I had a secure thumb drive ready to play. That way, my home videos can last forever. Legacy Box co-founders Nick Mako and Adam Baselogger came up with the idea in their college dorm room and have since become the largest and most trusted digitizing company in the world. And they can digitize 15 different types of analog media, whether it's a VHS tape, a mini DV, a Super 8 film reel, or even photo negatives. Legacy Box is ready to help. After 10 years in the business, they've helped over 1 million families relive some of the most important moments of their lives. Legacy Box is the simple and safe solution for digitizing all of your family's precious memories. And by going to LegacyBox.com world, you can enjoy 50% off when you get started with Legacy Box today. Go to LegacyBox.com world to save 50% for a limited time only. That's right. Save 50% because of us. Go to LegacyBox.com world. That's LegacyBox.com world. Guys, how would you classify your hydration style on a scale of pour and chug to sipping from your favorite glass? Uh, chug. Mm. I yeah. don't understand the scale. Do you <laughs> chug lots of liquid or do you just take dainty sips? Oh, I chug lots of liquid. Yeah, chug lots of liquid in like eight hours, chug a whole bunch of liquid. Mm, yeah, mm. I'm a, I'm a sipper from my favorite glass. So whether you hydrate to live or live to hydrate, Liquid IV quenches your thirst faster than water alone. With three times the electrolytes of leading sports drinks, plus eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness, this is the perfect hydration style. And I love how convenient it is. Packaged so you can take it on the run and use it wherever you go. It tastes so good and hits the spot. I've been using it daily and it really starts my day off on the right foot, especially with my favorite flavor, green grape. Now, with no artificial sweeteners and zero sugar, it's non-GMO and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. And one stick in 16 ounces of water hydrates better than water alone. However you hydrate, grab your liquid IV hydration multiplier sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco, or get 20% off your order when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code WORLD at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop better hydration today using promo code WORLD at liquidiv.com. So Mr. Turner's first appearance is in the very first episode of season two, which is called Back to School. And it was obviously a part of the large retooling the show had going from season one so to season two. Cast. It just explodes with new people. Yeah. And yeah. and it feels totally different. It feels totally like different. a brand new show. Totally different show. Did Michael yeah. or anyone else talk to you about that? Had you had you heard that they were going to try and age us up or that, you know, like what what exactly did you know about what was happening to the show? Um, I didn't really know what his what his desire was for the show in season two, like they were trying to bring you guys up. I mean, I think some of the stuff in the in the in that episode was kind of self-explanatory to me that they were going into uh sort of junior high school and they wanted to be more mature and stuff like that uh he had pretty much just given me notes about what he wanted me to be Mm -hmm. um he wanted me to be sort of the opposite of uh bill's character mr feeney i was like anti-feeney yeah right and i wanted he said i really want you to try to connect with the students on their level and try to be more of uh like hit the ground where they are 
and and relate to them more, but yet still be this hip and cool adult that that gives them direction and 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 kind of boundaries and stuff like that. So that's what we were shooting for. Where and, and I always say that Boy Meets World was the last show on the air where the kids were the star of the show, but the adults were not morons. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I agree. I agree 100%. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah. that's well, one of the things when we're doing this rewatch because Ryder didn't even know he was on Boy Meets World till like a month yeah. ago. Danielle and I <laughs> haven't, haven't watched it since it was out. Um, but one uh, of the things that we're noticing is that as we're watching it as adults, it's a completely different show because we're watching the adults more than we're watching yeah. kind of the kids. Yes. And yes. how, good all the adults on the show yeah. were i mean we all knew bill was good he was bill it was that was right that was kind of a foregone conclusion before we'd even started but going back especially in season one and watching how good rusty and betsy were together right. um yeah. and just and how many moments they get like how much so time many, is dedicated to so the two much. of them just talking about parenting and figuring yes. out like them not knowing you know they have to like sort of discuss how to be a parent and with yeah. you there's this lovely scene in the first episode of, of your of, or your first episode with you and Bill where there's yeah. this kind of like he's checking in on you and, and yes. I was like for me I had no idea that that scene even existed and I yeah. was like this is such a cool dynamic and I yeah. you know now yeah. I mean we haven't watched much of the second season so I'm so excited to see if that develops more because I'm yeah. fascinated by those adult dynamics that I had no clue was going on while we were making this it show. Was, it was nuts. Uh, yeah, crazy. Go ahead, Tony. It was not. It was so, wait, so are you are you guys are watching the, the, the show, like re-watching the show from season one on? Yes. Yeah, first and we, episode and all the way through. Writers never seen them, and Will and I have not seen them since they aired in the 90s. So it's like w watching wait. a it's like watching a brand new show for us. You've never seen the show, writer? <laughs> no. He watched like a handful of episodes when yeah, they I were some on. of the first season. And then I was like, I was so insecure. And I was like, no, I'm never going to watch this again. And Dude, so you're, yeah, you're as bad as me as absolutely <laughs> right? as bad as me. Yeah. So wait, did you ever watch Boy Meets World then? Or did I you... used to watch, I used to watch it. Now this is kind of an interesting dynamic because I used to watch the show because I used to love watching you guys work and seeing all the things that we did because we were all part of that process. So I used yeah. to love to see the finished product, but um, there came a time when I really could not stand seeing myself right. on, <laughs> on film. Yeah. And when somebody would tell me, I was like, Oh, please don't, I don't, I remember I was in this film and they invited me to a screening and I really was trying to get out of it. But because I had such a nice relationship with one of the producers, I promised that I would go. And I said, but when it comes time to go sit in the theater area and watch it, I'll sneak out. Because I was almost having like a panic attack because I did yeah. not yeah. want to see myself. Yeah. Yeah. But when I walked into the theater, the door was in the front. And I oh. went, oh, crap. They're all going to see you <laughs> bailing. Watching you bail leave. on your own film. <laughs> yes. So I was in the back just going, oh, please, I don't want to see any of this. Oh, oh no. That well, I have to say, I have to say from now, just from a personal standpoint, my life on the set really changed when you showed up. Because by this point, season two, I was now out of school. So I wasn't okay. going to school on the set with Danielle and Ryder and Ben and all, all the other quote unquote kids. So yeah. I was kind of in and I wasn't obviously going to be hanging out with Betsy and Rusty, who were so much older than me. So I was kind of right. like in in no person's land. I was just lost there. Okay. And then you show up <laughs> and it was probably the second or third episode by about 11 o'clock in the morning when we don't have anything to do. We looked at each other and we're like, hey, you want to be friends? <laughs> 
Sure. Yeah, and that was it. Can I can I can I give it. a can I give a scene from an outsider's perspective? Oh, this great. is yeah. this is what season two through season Please. four was like on the set of Boy Meets okay. World. You would be walking down the hall. Like I, I guess it was it was after we'd left Disney. I don't I don't know which stage it was, but I just remember you'd walk down the hall and you just hear nonstop laughter. Yeah. And there would be a door open and it would be one of your rooms, and you guys would be knee deep in some card game that you had invented you would basically be speaking your own language like you guys had so many in jokes on in jokes on in jokes and then you would be pranking one another so it was like it was like these two guys who were like mirror images of each other in personality like just biggest smiles making each other laugh so much and none of us had any clue what was going on and you guys were just like and then you'd like leave because you guys wouldn't be in scenes with like the rest of us and you guys would leave and come back having I don't know played tennis together I don't know what you guys would go off and do but you'd come back just having story after story you were just inseparable it was so fun it was such a source of energy and light on our set it was just your relationship it was so cool to be around we would every day we would either go golf golf that's what it was or we would bowl Mm-hmm. Or we would go shooting. We'd go to the That's shooting. Right, you guys went to go, go to the shooting range. <laughs> so it was do you one remember, of those three. Do you remember the prank that we played on Steve Hafer? Oh, geez, when he got all mad at us. Do, do you remember that? I do. I do. Dude, what did dude, you guys tell him? Tell, tell us we, one. We we went to a shooting range, and we had like four hours where we didn't have to do anything, and we had to be back for a, a run through. So. We're on the 101, I think, coming back from some shooting range. And I said to Will, either he said to me or I said to him, I said, let's prank Steve. And he goes, okay. So we called him and we go, dude, we're not going to make it back to the run through. We are stuck in traffic. We're screwed. I remember this. Oh, Oh my gosh. So Steve goes into full on control mode. He's like, all right, where are you? I go, we're on the 101. We're just passing like uh, this is Topanga. And he's like. And we're literally like five minutes away from if that, KPLA. yeah. <laughs> but let's explain this okay. to our audience. So this means so Steve Steve Hafer is our first our stage manager. Yeah. Yes. So he's in yeah. charge of wrangling everybody, including thirty writers and producers and network executives for the run through. <laughs> so people have scheduled their entire day around showing up at this time to watch the show. So if you guys aren't there, there is no run through, and it screws everybody's day. Yeah. It's like a like exactly. hundred people. Like it's a big yeah. deal. <laughs> So we can tell Steve had a little edge of stress in his God, voice. The nicest So we guy. tell him, we tell him we're like way far away. He's like, all right, so get off the 101. He starts get, giving directions. On, That's right. Take, take, directions. take Laurel. Take a left on Laurel. Go straight. I mean, it was like he was a Thomas guide all of a sudden. It was so weird. So we're like, okay, dude, we'll call you when we're like five minutes out. He's like, all right, get here as fast as you can. So we get off the phone. We get off the exit. And we're literally pulling into the parking lot. We walk onto the stage and we we're like ten minutes early. Oh no no no! Remember, he wasn't the stage. We we got he we got out of the car, and we were walking towards the stage. And the door oh, opened, right. and he met us that's in the right. parking lot. That's, he, that's oh. right, right. So he points to both of us and he goes, "You two, come with me." And we're like, "Uh, but but we're early. it was a joke. Right. It was a joke." He walks us in and he's like, okay, that was really funny, but I'm so stressed out right now. <laughs> yes. He, it, was, yes. it was hilarious. He was Aww. all red in the face. You know how Steve used to get red? Oh, yes. God. We Aww. felt so bad, the but it was so guy. funny. The pranking, <laughs> oh, here's what I remember about the pranking. It started so, like slow, like, you know, so, and then I remember walking into the set one day and going and opening the door to my dressing room <laughs> and floor 
to ceiling, it was full of furniture. I mean, what? from the back of the thing, there must have been 150 pieces of furniture in the room. Like, you oh couldn't, it was gosh. one of those things where I just stood there. What had there you done? You had gone to, like, all the other dressing rooms and grabbed furniture and, and, and other it. And the set and every it was just, it was full floor to ceiling. You could not step oh in, walk God. in. It was so impressive that it was just like, I don't know how to top this. Like, this is oh. really <laughs> impressively incredible. Yeah. But, but what did you do? You left it all in there. I did. <laughs> what I else remember, could I do? It was great. Exactly. I remember one day knocking on his door and Will was reclined on sort of a couch that was stacked on something else. And he was like up in the air. I look in his room and I'm like, hey, are you ready to go to lunch? Yeah, I'll be right there. And he's just laying on this big couch. Wait, he hadn't brought it in. It's somebody else's responsibility to take it out. Yeah, no. Exactly. We... It was my responsibility. I did it. We oh, had God. the weirdest. No, we just did the weirdest things. I, I mean, it, it would always start, like you said, with a card game or something like that. And I remember at, at certain times, it at one point ended with both of us crouched behind opposite tables, just throwing poker chips at each other as <laughs> yes. hard as possible. Yes. It's a lot of throwing oh, and flicking God. and rubber bands and tic tacs yeah. being hurled. Two it was all children. You guys were yeah. But here's what's funny about all of that to me. It, did you guys really work together that much? Did you ever have scenes together? I could think of one or two. <laughs> we had a few that we always talked about that where it's like they never gave us that much stuff to do. Yeah. And I don't know why, but um, there were there were more than I remember. I actually don't remember. Oh. Like I, I saw one recently. Uh, my wife, by the way, Margaret says hello to everybody. Hello, oh, yes. Margaret. Hi. My mom would want me to tell you hello as well. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Give her a big hug for me. I will. Uh, but she showed me a clip of a scene between you and I, Will, and I'm like, I have no memory of that. Yeah. I the only one I, I remember, remember is it. the ashtray class because we, you and yes. I would joke about that afterwards, but that's all. Of course. Because I, I remember the line. I said to you, uh, you're like, Matthews, where are you headed? In a thick Brooklyn accent because all of a sudden in season two, everyone was from New York for some reason. <laughs> Right, um, <laughs> and it was like Matthews, where you head? And I was like, uh, ceramics. And you're like, right. what is ceramics? And I and you mean right. ceramics? And I go, yeah, right. the ashtray class. And I turned and walked away. That I remember. Yeah, and that's it. That's the only one. Ceramics. ceramics. And I was that close to busting, and you could sort of tell that I I almost broke because I can watch it, and I go, they didn't cut away. We broke. <laughs> Hi, I'm Danielle Fischel from Pod Meets World. Did you know small businesses make up 99.9% .9 of all businesses in the U.S.? The world is powered by entrepreneurs. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. In every episode, host Austin Hankwitz and Janice Torres talk to entrepreneurs about how they've grown the lessons of launching and nurturing a small business and how they have found success being their own boss. From the excitement of first starting out to finding the right tools and resources to process invoices and payments like QuickBooks Money, you won't want to miss these inspiring stories of entrepreneurship and discovering ways to business differently so you can too. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out season two of Mind the Business, small business success stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. Look, hiring is hard. Well, good news. Express Employment Professionals makes hiring easy. Forget about posting jobs, sifting through resumes, being ghosted, and interviewing unqualified applicants. 
Visit ExpressPros.com to let the pros help you. Express is your full-service workforce solution, connecting you with top talent fast. Every day, Express recruits and screens workers in your area, so when it's time to hire, they have the talent you need ready to work. With more than 40 years in the staffing business, Express helps thousands of companies find great team players each year. And they can help you too. Just go to ExpressPros.com. Each Express Employment Professionals location is locally owned and operated, backed by the support and stability of an international headquarters. And with more than 860 franchise locations, there is sure to be an Express office near you. Listen, you know hiring is stressful. Go to ExpressPros.com to find a location near you. It's 2024 and stress is already everywhere. Deadlines at work. Your kids screaming at you. Nonstop traffic. The world is ending. That's a big jump there, Ryder. Sorry, kind of true. Yeah, well, when we want to get away from the struggles of everyday life and have some comforting me time, we break into some Keebler Sandies. Let's say it's finals week and Mr. Feeney has scheduled all of the tests into one day. How will Topanga find a comforting moment to herself? Go to the mall? Not with this hair. Play guitar with her father, Jedediah? Depends on which Jedediah. Bite into some delicious Keebler Sandies? Exactly. Keebler Sandies are buttery shortbread cookies made with simple ingredients. And each Keebler Sandies cookie is baked to perfection by the adorable Keebler elves for a light sweetness and texture that melts in your mouth. God bless those little Keebler elves. When you need a comforting moment for yourself, Keebler Sandies is the perfect treat that will keep you going. So, the next time you feel like you're juggling it all, reach for a Keebler Sandies shortbread cookie to enjoy a simple moment of comfort. Tell the elves Pod Meets World sent ya. They're real. I've seen them. So going back to, obviously, you had a very uh, fun childlike relationship with Will. (laughs) Going back to your relationship with the other adults on the show, specifically Bill Daniels, who had was so well established as the character of Mr. Feeney. Were there any, did you have any sort of reservations as coming in as a new teacher um, playing opposite him? What was your relationship with Bill like? Um, Bill was a lot more playful than I, than I thought he was going to be, which I really liked. And I was always a big fan of his work. Like if you ever go back and watch some of the things that he's done, you're like, dude, this guy's worked with everybody. Yeah. So I used to always grill him on how, you know, what was uh, Warren Beatty like? What was right. uh, James Garner like? You know, I mean, these are people right. of, I mean, you've worked with everybody. Yeah. But um, our relationship was, um, was always very friendly. I remember one time, and he laughed at me for this. Jeff McCracken was directing an episode. He was a mm-hmm. writer, producer, and sometimes he would direct. And uh, Bill had a problem with, we, we were doing a scene, and Bill had a problem with one of the directions of the, thing that jeff was having him do and bill goes yeah i'm not i don't want to do it. i'm not doing that he goes I, i'd rather do this and do that and jeff was like oh okay okay yeah that's fine if you got if you want to yeah that's good so then we kept working on the scene and i came to jeff and i said something similar to him saying jeff doesn't it feel weird if i'm doing this and going that and he's like yeah we're not going to change it and bill <laughs> Bill was laughing at me. He started cracking up. And I was like, how did you get away with that? 
Oh, my God. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. I love um, my favorite was when you talked to Bill about exactly what you said about like, you know, what was it like working with Dustin Hoffman or what was it like James Garner? He'd always come back with their the names that he called them. So he'd be like, well, the thing about Dusty and you're like, wow, you call Dusty. him Dusty. Exactly. It's like, yeah, Jimmy, 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 Jimmy was cool. It's like, oh, man, it's Jimmy and Dusty. Like, that's so <laughs> cool. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was. So, I mean, you could tell by the type of actor that he is. I mean, he's all emotion. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's yeah. just he might not look like it. He might not look like it because he's just the way that he composes himself and the way that he works. But that's mm-hmm. where that's why he's such a good actor is because when he lets those floodgates open, it's all emotion. Oh, yeah. Do you have a, a favorite Mr. Turner teaching moment? Oh, I I tend to not look at things that I did and think of them as that's my favorite moment. Because I think my favorite moments from the show involve you guys, things that I watch that you guys have done that I could just watch over and over and over because it was so well done. Um, for me, uh, because you know, you and I, Ryder, had so much to do. There's so there's, much good uh, stuff. There's there's a couple of moments between you and I, Danielle, and you and I, Will, and you and I, Ryder, that that I felt were that I I could watch it over and over again. Uh, but one moment stands out for me is that episode. Um, I think it's called a double lie. Mm. I think where we, we lie we to each other. <laughs> oh, you don't remember? Okay, no. you and I, Ryder. <laughs> yeah, we 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 lie to each other. You wanted to be with this girl, and oh, I tell you, I'm going out of town. I remember this. Oh, right, because I'm living with you at that point. Right, and, and you right. you wanted we, to be with this girl, and I tell right. you, I'm going to be out of town, and, and you're you on wind a date. up in my apartment. Right, right, right. And so we're upset that we've lied to each other and then we have to make it right. And we both wanted to make it right. And you were, you were sort of frustrated that, uh, you know, as an adult, I would do that to you. And Mm -hmm. so there was like this tender moment between us where Mm -hmm. it was like, we're, we're both new at this and we want to make it right. We made a mistake and we're not, and, and part of the, part of the baggage that you carried was we, we had a falling out. So that means we're all done. Right, and I right. was like, just because something happens like this doesn't mean we just chuck the whole relationship. Now we just right. have to do it, do it better, you know. Right. So I always looked at that moment as I, I, I just was really proud of that particular relationship moment between you and I. Yeah. Well, it's funny because cool. I, you know, because I haven't seen the show, I don't, I don't have very specific memories. I just know, I have this overwhelming feeling of like you and me having so many great acting moments together. Yeah. Like, I, I just yeah. remember we had so much, like, I believe there's a scene where you basically offered to adopt me or for me to move in with mm-hmm. you when I'm trying yeah. to run yeah. away. And yeah. I just remember we had a series of those and it just made sense. Like, it made sense for our characters. Like, I remember being right. like, oh, Sean and Turner are like, Turner's sort of like an older Sean in some ways and he's going right. to understand this guy. And then just as an actor, like, I just remember you and I always enjoying those moments, like, just loving the, like, being able to rely on you for the drama and being able to like right. trust that like we're going to be able to carry this scene like it's it's me right. and Tony like I don't know I just I, I don't because I because I don't remember I was so young I don't have this but I just have this overwhelming feeling of like always loving being in scenes with you and like the 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 the, the dynamic between our characters just feeling right like it was just yeah. you know I mean I guess you were just the father figure teacher that Sean needed and then as an actor you were just a rock that I could rely on that we could play off of each other so well. I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to watching those, those scenes. Tony, what, what was your first impression of each of us? Um, There was a, 
there was an effortlessness about you guys. Um, your work just seemed so effortless. Like Ryder, you just said you guys were so so young, but but your work and your presence on stage was so mature and so effortless. I guess that's the word I use to describe it because it just seemed like you guys weren't trying. You just were, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And you inhabited the characters so well, all of you guys. And I, and I really loved that environment when I, when I came on the set because you guys were so well established as characters and your work was so spot on that it was easy to just sort of run alongside you guys and go with you. Mm. I have a question that I'd like to throw out there to everybody because I'm I'm just I'm curious. What do you think the chances are that they had planned right from bringing Tony on that it was going to end up being Mr. Turner and Sean together? Do you think there was any thought of or thought of that at all? Or do you think that developed out of the show? Well, here's my question for Tony, actually, that probably would answer that was were you brought on as a regular or were you reoccurring or were you a guest star? Do you remember? I was, I was, I was brought on as a regular. That's were, why Michael. Okay. Yeah. He and yeah, I me, wouldn't be surprised, man. I wouldn't be surprised if they saw something, you know, like right away. Like there was a plan in place. Yeah. We're going to bring on a new young teacher, and it's going to be kind of Sean's mentor going forward. It makes forward. sense to me. I mean, I, if if you had asked me that before rewatching the first season, I would have said no. But now, having watched the first season and seen how well Sean was already established as yeah. this sort of troublemaker with a broken home who kind of needed that figure, you know, and the fact that Feeney, like the dynamic with Feeney and Sean just doesn't make as much sense, right? Like it doesn't make as much sense as it, and you also already have the teacher, you know, it's sort of like if you're going to have Sean be a bigger character, which I had already started to become in the first season, then you want to have his teacher, his version right, of his Feeny. Feeny. And his yes, Feeny. That makes perfect sense to me that they would have already been thinking that. And, if, and, and you know, if, if if Tony had just been a guest star, I would say maybe they were trying it out. But since he was becoming coming in as a regular, but I also don't remember when that dynamic starts happening. I'm assuming it happens relatively soon, but maybe it doesn't happen until third season. So, um, But it seems like it's already built into it, the characters. Do you remember Ryder ever having a lot of scenes with Harley? Because no. it seems like because that's it seems like what they could have done was it's like look at the different direction Sean could go. Yeah, like no, he there, could there easily is that be dynamic. the bully, or well, he could go be a Mister Turner. Where they it's did like, write that 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 they did write that episode, but I don't think it's until third season, and okay. that's the that's the episode that Harley was replaced by. Griff, not Griff, but the, do you remember the other when actor came Danny in to left play the show yeah. and the other actor yeah. came in because that is an episode where I'm encouraged to beat up Mr. Turner's motorcycle with a baseball bat. Oh, that's And so it's like, I find myself ah, with yeah, yeah, the yeah. bad kids. So that does happen. You know, I, I end up with Joey and Frankie, but it, was, and, and it wasn't Harley at that time because Danny had already left the show. Um, but, but yeah, so they did end up doing that. But as far as like, I, I don't think I had many scenes with, Joey and Frankie and and, hmm. and and Harley in the second season, besides that one, which I think is third season. Interesting. Yeah, yeah but if you watch that episode, uh, and <laughs> Will, you do a great impression of me in that episode with the baseball bat. <laughs> oh, yeah, you do that. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Remember? <laughs> Remember? Yeah, I do. Oh, man. I don't that even know how to describe that to our listening audience. Tony does a great... Uh, 
great important bat double take kind of thing. It's like, I don't, I don't <laughs> oh even God. know how to describe it. And you probably it. just never let him live it down, right? Of like course he did not. He had, one, he had one acting beat and you were like, I'm not going to let this go. <laughs> it was perfect. And the way he did it, it was hilarious. And then it just kept getting better and better. <laughs> we were merciless towards each other. We really were. It was oh, great. Oh, man. But that episode was kind of like at that moment, it was like Mr. Turner really felt like please don't become that yeah if you go down that road like he i think one of the lines is something about if you don't if you stay away from something this harley or that harley or whatever you're going to be because you were like literally asking him and you think i'm going to be okay because i don't feel like i'm going to be okay and i gave you a little bit of fatherly direction going you're going to be okay and it was like i can't you, you, it was kind of like this moment where th- that teacher couldn't let this young kid slip through his fingers. You know what I mean? Oh, such a gr- it was such a great dynamic, and it's yeah. so uh, it's only increases the disappointment that you weren't around for the fifth or sixth or seventh oh, yeah. season yeah. or yeah. Girl Meets World. Besides one moment, oh, God. I wanted to ask next when I tell yeah. you that it is one of our most frequently emailed questions. And when I say frequent, I mean, we get hundreds of emails about it. People saying they do not understand why you were only on the show for two seasons and you were very missed, not just by all of us, but by the audience. Were you given any warning that you weren't coming back? What did you know? Uh, It's it's kind of a long story because uh, a few things were sort of strung together that I talk about this all the time, by the way, people ask me this whenever they recognize me oh, and sure. they, they, yeah. they, this is always part of the conversation, Yeah, but I've never really told the, the long version of it. So maybe this can be the official boy meets world version of right. the events that occurred, but uh, let's, let's wind the tape back. Okay. okay. We had just finished season three and we were over on stage over at KTLA and we had done that. We had just finished the last episode and we're all high fiving and we're hugging each other and saying, great job, great season. We'll see you next season. And I saw Michael Jacobs on stage across from me. And I, you know, like I said, we had a great friendship and a good working relationship. So I wanted to go over to him and just kind of say, congratulations. And what do you think of the way my character is developing and how he's interacting with everybody? So I went and asked him and he goes, yeah, we think it's great. It's all great. Uh, we're, we're very excited. We can't wait for season four. And he kind of shared with me a little bit about what they wanted to do, what their intention was for season four. They, he told me they wanted to do a little bit of a deeper dive into the nature of our relationship, right? Or that, you know, we were becoming this family mm-hmm. and that we were, we were learning from each other and teaching each other and growing and helping each other. So I was very excited. I, I couldn't wait for season four. So that was the end of March, I think, mm-hmm. in 96. So remember that conversation because in June of 96, I get a phone call from Michael Jacobs and he's like, all right, so I got bad news. And I was like, okay, uh oh. And I, now the last time I had a conversation with Michael that started with, I got bad news. It was about Arlene Grayson who had passed away, I think in season two. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We, we, yeah, we went all, uh, we went up to her funeral at Forest Lawn. Yeah. You, You remember that. So, I was like, okay. And he goes, so you're not coming back for season four. And I was like, uh, wait, just okay. like that. Like, like just yeah. like that. Oh. Yeah. And he goes, so he goes like very sparingly. He goes, maybe five episodes, maybe, maybe he goes, but definitely not season five. Uh, you know, 
you're, you're not coming back. And I, and I go, okay. Now I get the concept that in show business, there's no such thing as job security. I, I get that. But this just seemed like such a radical reversal because I was yeah. like, we just had a conversation like two months ago that everything was great. And so I just go, what, what happened? And he goes, so the network and the studio came at us kind of last minute uh, with some changes. They were saying the kids are going into high school now and we want to explore that whole dynamic. So we're going to change it up. And he goes, it was just kind of, you know, unexpected last minute. So there was nothing we could do to save it or, you know, whatever. And he goes, and it, it is what it is. And, um, and, and then that was it. Oh. That was it. So I was like, okay, that just, so I, I, the first thing I was really sad because I thought I, I'm not going to be able to come to work with you guys anymore. You know, yeah, the yeah. stuff that all the fun stuff and the, the laughter and the cast intros and table reads and all that stuff. It was yeah, like, I was getting kicked out of the house, you know? <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. But then I thought now I got to go on the audition trail and mm -hmm. try to find some other work and nobody wants to do that. So, um, as we were talking, he told me, he says, I want you to know that, you know, I feel really bad. He said, so if you're out there and you're working, if you're auditioning or whatever, and, and you get a job or you get an offer, he says, I want you to feel free to explore that because you're, you're, you're not going to be with us and I want you to work. So I said, okay. Now, this is where the story gets interesting because it's not over yet, which I think is really funny. Uh, this was in June of 96. Now you fast forward to about February of 97 because I was I was gearing towards pilot season for 97 because I had to get a job. So that's why if you if you watch the last episode or two that I did of the show my hair was different because I had to I was auditioning for other things and I had to cut my hair. Yeah. So I was getting really close to getting this pilot that I auditioned for in uh, for Fox and I auditioned I was jumped through all the hoops and they wanted to bring me to the studio and meet everybody there and then they they wanted to bring me to network and I was thinking this is great right off the heels and I think at that time I think I was doing like one or two episodes every couple months of boy um so and I think I only wound up doing like five or six of season 4 so they're going to bring me to network and I get a phone call from my manager and he goes all right so we have a huge problem and I was like, of course, there's a huge problem. Like, of course. Right. Why wouldn't right. there be? Yeah, Why exactly. wouldn't there be a huge problem? I was like, what's the problem? And he goes, so Disney's not letting you out of your contract. Oh. And I go, wait, what? I, and I was honestly confused because it's been nine months now since I got the phone call from Michael. And I go, right. What contract? Right. Because you were a yeah. guest star. From right. And he goes, your contract at Disney. And I go, I said, are you talking about Boy Meets World? And he goes, yeah. And I go, uh, I don't have a contract. I, I, you know as well as I do. I said, they, they called me. They yeah. told me that yeah. I was being dismissed. Like, and explicitly I, I, told me to go work. An audition. Find yeah. work. Yes. Yeah. yes. So I was like, I, I don't understand. What do you mean they're not letting? He goes, well, your contract is still active and they're not letting you out of it. And I go, I don't understand. So I was thinking... I thought, okay, well, if Disney wants to bring me back to Boy Meets World, I got no problem with that. I would love right. to go back and be with you guys and finish out the run of the show. Bring yeah. it on. I'll do yeah. that. Or if Fox wants to sort of have conversations with Disney saying, no, we want them, so we're, we're going to try to hash this out. It's like, I don't really care. I just need to work. I just yeah. you know, I have a family to support, right? Yeah. But then I, then I thought this. I thought this could go sideways like really fast. Like if Disney calls Fox and says, we're not letting them out of his contract, 
then Fox goes, okay, then we'll just pass and go to the next hundred actors that are waiting for the show. Exactly. And then Disney goes, oh uh, yeah. Okay. By the way. Yeah. We changed our minds too. And then, you know, Mr. Man walks away with nothing. Yeah. And then I, and then I think, okay, then I've been rejected by the same studio twice. Yeah. Yeah. So then my, my manager was talking about a lawsuit or saying something. I was like, Oh, I don't want, I don't want any of this drama. So I guess, at the, I guess cooler heads prevailed, and then finally Disney was just like, "Oh yeah, never mind. Okay, our bad. Yeah, we you, you can go ahead." And I just I didn't understand why they would try to do that, like a power play hold on, or keep their claws into you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just because yeah. you let me go, so that was yeah. kind of a weird that. So that's the official sort of timeline of of why they didn't bring me back. But I I never really. It's not like they told me, "Well, your character wasn't very popular, or you mm-hmm. wanted to get off the show, or." You just didn't work well with other people. It just they just wanted None to make those changes. No, they didn't yeah. tell us no. either, for the record. No, I mean, which is I, so weird. I remember you calling me and being like, "Dude, I'm not coming back." And I was like, "Yeah, what do you mean? What do you not coming back to what? Like, I had I no mean, idea yeah. what you were talking I about." I think we can pretty much at this point make a blanket blanket statement that we were not informed no. of. We were not like consulted or informed of anything that was happening with the show until we got a script in our hands. Yep. Yeah. We because we talked about it when we had Matthew Lawrence on the show too. When they brought Matt Lawrence on, no nobody no said clue. to us like, "Hey, just so you guys know, there's going to be a new cast member." Yeah, not right. for anyone. Did or, anyone ever or say like, being gone. the exception for that is Trina? For me, I did get for consulted you. with Trina. Yes. I did because they wanted me to do a chemistry read with Trina. So they brought me in and they talked about bringing in a girlfriend for me, and I I got to read with her before that season started. But but that's did the you only time. Were Weird. you told that she might be a regular on the show or that, uh, hey, we might just do like a four episode arc with a girlfriend for you? That's a good question. I don't remember. I just mm-hmm. knew that it was going to be important story wise and character wise. I don't think I yeah, I don't think they told me if she was going to be a regular or not. Um, and I don't right. remember if she actually was a regular. Because, yeah, Danielle's right. I mean, we weren't told when Lee was going to be gone. We weren't mm-hmm. told mm-hmm. when, you know, Matt was going to be brought on. We weren't told when Tony was going to be gone or when uh, um, anybody was was brought on or, or left the show. It was just kind of yeah. like. They just weren't there. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, Alex, beyond- Alex stays there was the same thing. It was just oh, like he was yeah. there and then he was gone. And it was like, yeah. what? What's going on? And you got kind of the pat on the head, like, just be happy that you're on a show, kid. Kind right. of thing <laughs> where, you and know, it's and it's so like, weird. OK, the real right. I mean, the, 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 the tragedy beyond the like the, the, you know, lack of communication with actors, which maybe we can understand in the business side of this, which we can sort of excuse sure. and say, like, that's just the way it is. Story wise, Mr. Yeah. Turner makes no sense to not wrap up with Sean. Yeah. And no. it's, right. it's one of those dangling creative problems with Boy Meets World that bothers our fans. And it bothers me. You know, yeah. it's like one of those yeah, things. Like, all of us. We need to resolve this because the last time we saw him, he was in a hospital bed and I right. was praying to God after getting right. out of a cult. It's like, this is, right. this is about as intense and personal. And like, basically I'm asking for, you know, God to save my father figure. I mean, right. that is awful. And it's the same yeah. way with Lee, like leaving him and we wish will him away and he disappears. Uh. These are dangling creatively story-wise uh, and, and character investment-wise. These are bad calls. And yeah. like from, yeah. out, and, and like, uh, yeah. So beyond the personal, like where's Tony? What happened? Now I can look back and be like, wait a minute, what happened to Mr. Turner? This is right. bull. Yeah. Like, this is not yeah. the way it should work. And it's and it yeah. still bothers me that, you know, I, I know we had a moment on Girl Meets World when we crammed it in at the end there. That's a right, bummer, right. man. It's a bummer. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. it, it deserves more. Story-wise, well, it deserves you think, more. 
it would it would affect you guys in terms of your performance and your energy on the show all of a sudden this this character that's important or whatever is just gone you would think that they would have some kind of consultation with you guys to say this is what we're thinking or this is what we're doing yeah. and to not do that it's like but now you're you're sort of affecting your actors you know yeah, yeah. well what's di- amazing you know- is that when we talk about certain things like when we, you know we talked to Lee Norris and then we talked to a bunch of the writers and producers after Lee was written off the show and so far, all the most of the writers and producers have different stories. Like they weren't even given the the same story of why somebody was taking off the show. So it's like you hear four different stories from four different people, and it's like okay, one or two people made this they made this decision, and nobody was consulted, yeah. and it's just the way it ended up being. Um, and yeah, you're right. It's it, it's one thing where you write off a character like Lee, which again we look back on and go, that was a travesty. He was so funny. There's so much comedy left on the table, but mm-hmm. the right. character ended in a horrible way. But it is what it is. It's quite another when you're literally ending in a hospital bed, yeah. right. where it's such a cliffhanger. Like people were coming back. Is he dead? Is right. he alive? Right. What, plus, I, plus at that point, Boy Meets World started to become serialized. You know, like you can look at the first season and say, there's the less serialization. It's sort of a week to week. We are Mm -hmm. chasing ratings. We have to make adjustments based on just, you know, but by season three and four, you're talking about real developed storylines where characters have through arcs that go from episode to episode. So there, I I really don't think there's much of an excuse. It's just, it's just a bummer. Um, Yeah. No, especially you're talking about important, like life things. Like, you know, it wasn't just writer got, uh, uh, Sean got a bad grade. Right. On a history test. This right. is yeah. like his right. life is in the balance here. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yes. You live together. Think, <laughs> yes. Yeah. We we had a um, didn't we have there was a moment or something about you I was trying to get you out of this cult. Yeah. And we I think there's a scene, I don't remember what it was, but there's like a, a scene with you and I in the classroom, and I was literally trying to reach out and grab your hand you know, trying to save you from this thing. So these are life decisions to yeah. just go, yeah, never mind. We, we're not going to talk about that no more. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it just, and we're done. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Hi, I'm Danielle Fischel from Pod Meets World. Did you know small businesses make up 99.9% of all businesses in the U.S.? The world is powered by entrepreneurs. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. In every episode, host Austin Hankwitz and Janice Torres talk to entrepreneurs about how they've grown the lessons of launching and nurturing a small business and how they have found success being their own boss. From the excitement of first starting out to finding the right tools and resources to process invoices and payments like QuickBooks Money, you won't want to miss these inspiring stories of entrepreneurship and discovering ways to business differently so you can too. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out season two of Mind the Business, small business success stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. Look, hiring is hard. Well, good news. Express Employment Professionals makes hiring easy. Forget about posting jobs, sifting through resumes, being ghosted, and interviewing unqualified applicants. Visit ExpressPros.com to let the pros help you. Express is your full-service workforce solution, connecting you with top talent fast. Every day, Express recruits and screens workers in your area, so when it's time to hire, they have the talent you need ready to work. 
With more than 40 years in the staffing business, Express helps thousands of companies find great team players each year. And they can help you too. Just go to ExpressPros.com. Each Express Employment Professionals location is locally owned and operated, backed by the support and stability of an international headquarters. And with more than 860 franchise locations, there is sure to be an Express office near you. Listen, you know hiring is stressful. Go to ExpressPros.com to find the location near you. It's 2024 and stress is already everywhere. Deadlines at work. Your kid's screaming at you. Non-stop traffic. The world is ending. That's a big jump there, Ryder. Sorry, kind of true. Yeah, well, when we want to get away from the struggles of everyday life and have some comforting me time, we break into some Keebler Sandies. Let's say it's finals week and Mr. Feeney has scheduled all of the tests into one day. How will Topanga find a comforting moment to herself? Go to the mall? Not with this hair. Play guitar with her father, Jedediah? Depends on which Jedediah. Bite into some delicious Keebler Sandies? Exactly. Keebler Sandies are buttery shortbread cookies made with simple ingredients. And each Keebler Sandies cookie is baked to perfection by the adorable Keebler elves for a light sweetness and texture that melts in your mouth. God bless those little Keebler elves. When you need a comforting moment for yourself, Keebler Sandies is the perfect treat that will keep you going. So, the next time you feel like you're juggling it all, reach for a Keebler Sandies shortbread cookie to enjoy a simple moment of comfort. Tell the elves Pod Meets World sent ya. They're real. I've seen them. Do you remember any any fan reaction at the time? Like, do you remember when then those episodes, your episodes, you're done and those episodes have stopped airing? Do you remember live time fan reaction? No, no. Because what happened for me was when I when I was told I wasn't coming back, uh, sadly enough, I, I just I was so busy trying to get other work that I just, I actually quit watching the show because right. I was trying, trying to, and then yeah. I wound up, I actually got that show at Fox and uh, we started doing that. So that sort of right, took, took over. all my time. And, yeah. I, and, and I don't really remember, but I do remember that probably 10 years after that's when it, it started to really become an issue for like interactions with people going, Dude, right. why didn't they bring you back? Yeah. Right. When yeah, then it was yeah, in reruns and, and DVDs, and whole, right? Yeah, that's, yeah. When, yeah. that's when people yeah. were, re- and then the internet was a thing. Right? So yes, everyone yeah. was communicating as yeah. a fan base and saying, wait a minute, right. this doesn't yeah. make sense. Yeah. Yeah. It also so hugely when, affected us personally. I mean, I, yeah. you know, you and I didn't see each other for a while. Like we, we did right. for a bit and then we, then you start to see each other less and less. I mean, we were like inseparable. Yeah. We were right. like best friends. And then all yeah. of a sudden it was, uh, you know, I, I was your first call when you had your daughter. I know, you know, so <laughs> and it was, my son and your son. And so it <laughs> and was, my son. yeah, so it was just, you'd go, it's like, it's like a set relationship. And then all of a sudden you'd yeah. go, we'd go a while and not see each other. And then we'd see each other again. And then we'd not see each right. other again. And, and so it was, it affected my life on so many different levels. That's the thing I remember yeah. most about it. Was it just, it was more than just the story point, which is obviously huge, but it yeah. was, it was also just. I didn't get to see you all the time. It was yeah. it was yeah, such yeah. a different dynamic for me on the set then because then I was once again kind of selfishly, I'm of course turning this around and making it about me, but was <laughs> was then thrown back in the middle to where it was like, who do I hang out? You know, my, my buddy's gone. What do I do now? Well, and, and right. to Tony, to the point you were making about it possibly affecting the actors when uh, we've, you know, not only personally developed relationships with you, but character-wise have developed such deep storylines with you. And... Right. um. You know, I think about the fact that especially Ryder and I and Ben were, you know, actual children, 12, 13 years old, 14 years old, right. 15 years old. You are a child. And right. um, 
I know for me, and I I know obviously the relationship you had with Will, but you were one of the adults I put in the same category as David Trainer, and then eventually Jeff McCracken when he came in in season three and season four. And of course, right. Be- Betsy and Rusty as well to a certain extent, but not quite to the same extent that I'm putting you in this category, which is the adults I knew I was safe and bonded with. Like yeah, I right. was bonded with you. My parents were bonded with you. We knew each, our families knew each other. And there was a, um, a, you know, in an adult in working environment, when you are a child, the same way a child feels anywhere else in the world, but especially working with a bunch of adults where there's a lot of pressure on you, you are constantly looking for safety nets. The teachers also, David Combs, Wesley Staples, people I knew I could go to and totally be myself, totally talk about whatever was going on, hardships, highs, lows, whatever was happening. And not be worried about my job security. Just truthfully being myself. Yes. And um, I will also say the same friendships. Lee Norris being gone. When you then as an actor, you wonder, well, why are we investing in these relationships with the people around us, both character wise and personally, when at any point in time they're taken from us yeah, with no rhyme or reason, with no explanation. And it gives you it really is. It rocks the foundation of um, it just you feel like you have no stability. And it's a it is a it's a crazy feeling. Yeah. Well, um, it's also it's it's kind of lends itself too to what we were with the conversation we had with Trina where it was kind of like you start to insulate yourself a little bit from other people around yeah. and then you start to become more and more separated and then you it protect almost, yourself. Yeah, but it almost it, it, it can read as an animosity towards somebody else where it's not that at all. It's just yeah. your you, 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 what do they call them in Fight Club? These single serving friends. And it's like, I don't know when right. this person's going to be gone and I'm investing all my time and energy and then gone and all my all time and then gone. And then so you you start to, well, am I going to be gone next? Am I get And the conversations become more stilted. And then it's like you don't talk the way you used to talk. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, we didn't like each other. It's like, no, it had nothing to do with that. What was it like for you coming back as Mr. Turner on Girl Meets World? Um, I was really there's another another long story, Michael. Uh, I all of a sudden I don't have any social media or anything like that, but at the time I think I had like one or two that my son sort of told me to start and whatever. And at some point I started getting all these things on an Instagram thing and it was just like hundreds of them. And I'm going, okay, something's wrong. Cause I mean, I, I don't know what I'm doing on this and it just kept going. Congratulations. And this is fantastic. And I'm going, what have, and then at some point I heard somebody say something about girl meets world and this is going to be great. And I went, I, d- I don't know what you're talking about. Girl meets mm-hmm. world. And so I heard something about Michael. So I emailed Michael and I go, Oh, by the way, congratulations. You've caused my email to break. And my Instagram is like, it's like, so, and he's like, all right, let's get together. So he, we go to lunch and he goes, I'd, I'd really like to have you come back on the show. I'm doing this new thing and it's a boy me- uh, girl meets world. It's gonna, I'm going to bring all the characters back. And I'm like, oh, okay, now it all makes sense. No wonder people were, you know, hit me up on social media and all this stuff. Yeah. And uh, he goes, yeah, I want to bring you back. And I was nervous because I thought, you know, boy meets world for me and even for like all of you guys, I don't know if you, how you felt about it, but it was like lightning in a bottle. Yeah. And to try to go back and do it after 
I don't know, 20 years or whatever, I thought, oh man, is this going to, is it going to work? Am I going to look stupid or, you know, I hope I don't look that way. So I was nervous about it at first, but then I thought, well, I would love to be able to see all you guys if just for that alone. Um, but, and, and when I did it, it felt like no time had passed, which is, mm. was great. It was great. Yeah. So that was my experience on that. It was just great to be with you guys. And uh, I was just happy by that point, you and I had very much reestablished our friendship. Yeah. And had yeah. once and again was, been golfing and bowling. And every yes, other thing that we were pranking each other. Jeff, Jeff Sherman. Jeff Sherman was the one. He was the, we, somehow we had gotten together and he goes, yeah, let's go, let's go to lunch. And he goes, yeah, I'll tell Wilfred L. You said it. I go, wait, wait, what? I said, Wilfred L. He goes, yeah, I talk to him all the time. I was like, oh, stop it. So I was like, here, give him my number and all this yeah. stuff. So, yeah, yeah, he was the one that started that whole thing. And we were right back in the, no pun intended, yeah. on the golf course, right back in the swing of things. It, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Tony, yeah. Tony hitting beautiful shots, me peeling it off somewhere, swearing, and him going, no, you're doing great. You're doing great. That's, <laughs> that's what golfing with Tony's like. <laughs> well, to wrap this up a little bit, what when you look back at your time on Boy Meets World, what are your feelings? What are your thoughts? How do you how do you think about it now when you look back at that time? Uh, it was it was one of the best times of my life professionally, for sure. Um, there have been some people that I have worked with that have become my favorite people to work with. Willie Garson was one of my favorite people yeah. to work with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he when he passed away, it was really hard for me. Yeah. But uh, you guys like you said, Daniel, we had become a family. You were like my family. So the time that I was able to share with you guys and be on that show was one of the best times professionally that I've ever had. Um, it was such a joy to be part of that show and part of your lives and to be able to work together like that. Now, did I think 25 years later that it would mean so much to so many people? I, I didn't really see that. But for me, that, that was uh, is just one of the most satisfying times creatively. Uh, and professionally. So, yeah, it was a great yeah. time. Well, Yikes. I got emotional. I just no did too. to anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't get me started. Holy mackerel. Yeah, between the two of you. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. <laughs> Tony, are you a crier? Yeah, Tony can be a crier. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's not talk about this because I'm gonna go. Yeah, we go. Will. we're going. <laughs> you touch okay. me. We no, go. We go. <laughs> Hi, I'm Danielle Fischel from Pod Meets World. Did you know small businesses make up 99.9% of all businesses in the U.S.? The world is powered by entrepreneurs, and if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. In every episode, host Austin Hankwitz and Janice Torres talk to entrepreneurs about how they've grown the lessons of launching and nurturing a small business, and how they have found success being their own boss. From the excitement of first starting out to finding the right tools and resources to process invoices and payments like QuickBooks Money, you won't want to miss these inspiring stories of entrepreneurship and discovering ways to business differently so you can too. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out season two of Mind the Business, small business success stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. Look, hiring is hard. Well, good news. Express Employment Professionals makes hiring easy. 
Forget about posting jobs, sifting through resumes, being ghosted, and interviewing unqualified applicants. Visit ExpressPros.com to let the pros help you. Express is your full-service workforce solution, connecting you with top talent fast. Every day, Express recruits and screens workers in your area, so when it's time to hire, they have the talent you need ready to work. With more than 40 years in the staffing business, Express helps thousands of companies find great team players each year. And they can help you too. Just go to ExpressPros.com. Each Express Employment Professionals location is locally owned and operated, backed by the support and stability of an international headquarters. And with more than 860 franchise locations, there is sure to be an Express office near you. Listen, you know hiring is stressful. Go to ExpressPros.com to find the location near you. It's 2024 and stress is already everywhere. Deadlines at work. Your kid's screaming at you. Non-stop traffic. The world is ending. That's a big jump there, Ryder. Yeah, sorry, kind of true. Yeah, well, when we want to get away from the struggles of everyday life and have some comforting me time, we break into some Keebler Sandies. Let's say it's finals week and Mr. Feeney has scheduled all of the tests into one day. How will Topanga find a comforting moment to herself? Go to the mall? Mm, not with this hair. Play guitar with her father, Jedediah? Depends on which Jedediah. Bite into some delicious Keebler Sandies? Exactly. Keebler Sandies are buttery shortbread cookies made with simple ingredients. And each Keebler Sandies cookie is baked to perfection by the adorable Keebler elves for a light sweetness and texture that melts in your mouth. God bless those little Keebler elves. When you need a comforting moment for yourself, Keebler Sandies is the perfect treat that will keep you going. So, the next time you feel like you're juggling it all, reach for a Keebler Sandies shortbread cookie to enjoy a simple moment of comfort. Tell the elves Pod Meets World sent ya. They're real. I've seen them. All right, so let me ask you real quick, just real quick, what is your favorite memory from the show? All of you. Favorite memory. Just like instinctively, what's your favorite memory? Oh, man. Oof. Like a moment that stands out that you go, I always thought this was fun. For me, it's easy. Easy. Well, then tell us yours. Yeah, what's yours? Easy peasy. My favorite memory of the show... I could watch, there's two of them and it's a tie. The first one is the scene where you're trying to get Danielle and you're hiding in the couch. And <laughs> oh the my outtakes, gosh. The yeah. outtakes from that moment, <laughs> you guys are all so funny yeah. in that scene. I could watch that over and over and over yeah. and still laugh. Because it's also just Will being Will and it's us being so, us. Like, I we know, are all so, crazy. so clearly ourselves yes, in that moment. Yeah, it's yes. like, it's all that's what being, us. being yes. backstage was like. I mean, that's what I think. Yeah. That's why I think it speaks yes. to the audience, too, is because they get a little glimpse of what it was like at our set yes. all the time. We yeah. were always the laughing that hard. We were yeah. laughing to yeah. tears every day. Like yes. that's, yeah. that's, that's the thing. It's really hard to pinpoint one memory because it's just, I, I just, that's what I think of is like laughing to tears. It's also changed for me a little bit. Like, I would have said the scream episode, episodes where I remember us laughing so much. But lately, like if I think about the show, I think about our pre-show scream. Yeah. Like how yeah. we would get yes. together yeah. and do our scream yeah. before the audience introductions. And I just go, yeah. what a magical, special thing that only we share. Yeah. Because other people only can us. watch those episodes and they can see those moments and see. But like that is a private moment yep. for our group. And that yeah. is as I've gotten older, I cherish that as my, as like a memory that I just that, you know, and it's not even one specific time. It's just that vibe of yeah. like, oh, yeah. we're about to do a show and we're going to kill yeah. it tonight and we're going to trust yeah. one another. And oh, such a good yeah. feeling. Yeah. 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 
Uh, I, I have a couple. My my on camera one would be just for me as an actor would have been the there's two. The first time I got the big laugh that took forever that night throwing the, the fertilizer with yeah. Carrie Russell. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. the scene where Bill messed up his line and gave me the compliment as an actor. Those are two yeah. very important things to me off yeah. camera. You and I shooting shotguns inside <laughs> a strip mall. We go what? to the. So they had this place, which we still don't know how it was legal. I'm, I'm half co convinced we just made it up in our heads. A place called the Northridge Pistol and Rifle Range, where you'd walk in and there's the, it was like they'd hand you a large rifle and go, go at it in the middle of like a strip mall, literally. Yeah, yeah. And it yeah. was us looking at each other going like, is this okay? Um, so we just had those. And, and Ryder's right. We would we came to a point where 90% of our conversation was spoken in quotes. Like we just did the, you touch oh me. God. We go. Yeah, right. And so it's moments like what that. What is that from? That's from The Thing. That's, that's uh, Kurt that's Russell. Great. That's Kurt Russell in The Thing. I was just watching it recently. <laughs> and, and Tony would do that occasionally out of nowhere. He would just turn to me and like, I'd be like, come on, let's go. And I'd go to put my hand on him. He'd turn around and go, you touch me. We go. And it was just, we would do stuff like that all oh, the time. I just, yeah, you guys spoke your time. own language. We did. We, I was we, actually going to go, I was going to do the Jurassic Park thing going, oh, is this on? Is this uh, on? Eventually is this you're going to have uh, dinosaurs. You can have dinosaurs on, your, uh, dinosaur on the dinosaur <laughs> Oh man, do I hate that man? Uh, yes, it, it, oh, that's what we did. But that's we go by. It was so old school. We go by laser discs and all. You know, oh, it was Dave's like, laser place. Yeah. Dave's laser. Laser place. Yeah, Dave's exactly. laser place. It yes, was it was in the valley. It was amazing. And these guys were like, because you know, I started getting into movies like way later than you two. So you guys were like my mentors. I remember you taking me and being like, "This is the TV you need to buy." I think I spent four thousand dollars. It was five because oh, we man. all got the same one. All the same TV. That big rear oh, projection. Yeah. And then I got my I got a double-sided laser disc player so I didn't yep. have to turn over my copy yeah. of Braveheart yeah. laser disc. It would just oh, turn yeah. over for me. Yep. Oh my god, I was yes. It was That's you guys how started. you would watch those movies. Will, <laughs> he is an absolute encyclopedia. I yes. could quote some random movie. <laughs> yeah. And he would he would say who the actor was and what the movie was. Yeah, and the scene. And, like, and then he quote all the lines that? around oh, it. Oh yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I it's love ridiculous. It. I love it. Ridiculous. Oh, that was yeah. it, Tony. You it was yeah. God, I miss you. Tony, yeah. I hope you'll, will you come back? Will you come back with us later in season two? Of course. Will you Good. come back and recap an episode with us? <gasps> of course. I would love to do that. Yeah. And we have okay, to do great. Yeah, we, we have, have to pick to a good yeah. counter episode of season oh, two. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. That would be great. Oh, that'd be great. That you also said great. you're yeah. not on much social media, but I know you do cameo. So if anybody wants to get a cameo Ooh, from yeah. Tony Quinn, well, it's you, a ton of fun. You got me started on that. Thank you for that because it's been really great interacting with people and they, it's Boy, fun, these world it? fans, they're the, the best fans ever. Yes, they, they say yeah. the most yeah. complimentary things. Speaking yeah. of crying, sometimes people will say something to me that's so touching that it just, it brings tears to my eyes. Yeah. 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 It, oh, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah. Same. Oh, we've, we've all been there multiple times. Well, I'm, I <laughs> yeah. cannot thank you enough for being here with us. It was so good to see you. I love you as always. Um, just love you guys. Thrilled, you, thrilled to, to have you, you here. And I'm so happy that you agreed to come back. We can't wait yeah. to do it again. Oh, awesome. Thank you, guys. I love you all so much. Big hugs. I do. Merry, Merry New Year. Merry <laughs> New Year. <laughs> that, is, uh, from, that is from Trading Places. Uh, yes. That was uh, Eddie Murphy said that line. Yes. It is then followed yes. by Dan Aykroyd coming in. Well, it's actually, no, it's actually Boy Me Troll nope. Story. It is actually yes. followed by the principal who comes onto yes. our set. Paul Coffey, wasn't that his name? No. I think so. He was, who was also... Paul, he was the principal in Back to the uh, in um, Breakfast Club. 
Yes. He came onto yes. our set and his next line is happy. It's in this country, happy. we say happy new year. Thank you yes, very much. Exactly. exactly. The will showcase. The levels. Yes. yes. Well, oh, I miss you, Tony. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I miss you as well. I miss you so much. I'll talk to you guys soon. Give All our right. love to your See family you, as well. Yeah, please. Yeah. I will. Take care, guys. Bye, Bye. buddy. Bye. Oh, man. Reunions. Uh, well, it must be crazy. So his kids are in their 20s? Uh, Andy is married and Roman's in the military. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say, I mean, Andy was born. She we was were like on one. the show. Yeah. We were on the show. He was because right? he, so, yeah. he called me that night. He called me. I was the first call for both his kids. So then born. she's yeah. almost 30. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. mind blowing. And recently yeah, married. Like and, and, you know, because I, I would say Rusty's daughter was probably one of the first like babies I was around or kids yeah, I was yeah. around. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And like, and I remember Tony's kids too. is because, you know, yeah. I. I didn't have a huge extended family. So like people having babies around me and like those are the kids I remember hanging out with. And, you know, oh, it's so funny. Yeah, it's nuts. And he is that what you see is what you get. He is one of the most beautiful people I've ever met in my life. He's been mm -hmm. that since the first day I met him. He's never been different. Him telling that story, that's how he tells it. It doesn't ever come off as bitter. It's just like yeah. this is what happened. Yeah. Um, and that's Tony. I mean, he, he it doesn't hold grudges. He's he's a very he's a as my wife would say, he's a unicorn. He's a very rare person. Yeah. Uh, he's a great guy and hugely important to me. Yeah. Well, this has been another incredible episode, if I do say so. <laughs> We're, killing it. We're killing it. We're killing it. I mean, guys, amazing. <laughs> you're incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this episode of Pod Meets World. You can follow us on Instagram, Pod Meets World Show. You can uh, send us your emails, podmeetsworldshow at gmail.com. And as always, we have merch. Merch. Wow, a whispered one. You like it, wow. but like a t t an angered, like a pained whisper. Oh, yeah. that's what that was. I yeah. love it. Yeah, take two would have been better. It's okay which you can get at podmeetsworldshow.com. So join us for our next episode, which is when we will be recapping episode 202, season two, episode two, called Pairing Off, which originally aired September 30th, 1994. And yeah, can't wait to see how the second episode of the season compares to the first episode of the season where we were all a little uncomfortable. We love you all. Pod dismissed. Pod Meets World is an iHeart podcast produced and hosted by Danielle Fischel, Will Friedle, and Ryder Strong. Executive producers, Jensen Karp and Amy Sugarman. Executive in charge of production, Danielle Romo. Producer and editor, Tara Sudbach. Producer, Jackie Rodriguez. Engineer and Boy Meets World superfan, Easton Allen. Our theme song is by Kyle Morton of Typhoon. You can follow us on Instagram at Pod Meets World Show or email us at podmeetsworldshow at gmail.com. You deserve to treat yourself. So turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all in the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. When I'm on my way to drop off the kids at school and I'm on about five hours of sleep and I haven't had my coffee yet, I'm truly one of a kind. Yeah, this sounds like the beginning of a horror movie. It is. 
But there is one thing I can do immediately to bring some comfort and calm to the situation and keep me moving forward. Eat Keebler Sandies. I like to think that if the good-looking guy was still around, sitting on the couch, comforting himself about not getting into college, he'd ditch the Cocoa Puffs and down some Keebler Sandies instead. Mixed with chocolate syrup? Ooh, why not? When you need a comforting moment for yourself, Keebler Sandies is the perfect treat to keep you going. Each Keebler Sandies shortbread cookie is baked to perfection by the Keebler Elves for a light sweetness and a texture that melts in your mouth. The next time you feel like you're juggling it all, reach for Keebler Sandies shortbread cookies to enjoy a simple moment of comfort. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com.